1: Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka.
2: Well, welcome, everyone. I am so happy to be here with you today. And I have a question for you. Have you ever wished that you could control the economy I know we all do at one time or another, don't we? But you know what you do have control over is your own economy. And we're here today to learn more about how to do exactly that. Bob Berg is a sought after speaker who's addressed audiences ranging in size from 50 to 16,000 people. He's shared the platform with today's top thought leaders broadcast personalities, Olympic athletes and political leaders, including a former U.S. president. His most recent book, The Go Giver, which is co authored with John David Mann, has been translated into 21 languages, capturing the imagination of readers all over the world. So much so that it shot to number six on the Wall Street Journal's business bestsellers list just three weeks after its release. That is pretty amazing. And now Bob believes. When you take your focus off of yourself and you shift it onto being an asset of value to other people, that you'll plant seeds of goodwill, of, of great will, indeed, and and those will come back to you many, many times over. And not because of some magical, mystical type of thinking, but because it makes absolute practical sense. And all you have to do is follow the five laws of stratospheric success. Now, that, my friends, is a million-dollar mindset. So let's welcome Bob Berg to the Million-Dollar Mindset. Bob, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure, Marla. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I've really enjoyed watching some of your videos on your website and, and checking out uh, GoGiver. And I've been very excited to talk to you today. This is just a perfect topic, I think, for going into a new year and, and adjusting the mindset and thinking about the way that you want to network and do business for the new year.
0: Well, thank you. I love all the great work you're doing and all the terrific coaching and and uh you know, all we can do is really tap into principles at work and share them with others and uh look at ways to provide value.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so Bob, let's talk a little bit about the Go Giver, the title. The title is really fascinating. What thank tell you. me a little bit about how you came up with that and what the meaning is.
0: Well, you know, like any title, you you want it to be something like the I guess like the uh, the headline of a, a sales letter. <laughs> it's yeah. it's that thing you know that draws people in, hopefully, to want to know more about it. And so, uh, the, the go giver is sort of in marketing speak, it would be called a pattern interrupt. It's something that somebody would look at and say, "What? The, the go giver? Uh, what could that be about?" Uh, and, and they'll then explore more. They'll look at the front cover of the book, the back cover. They'll sort of look at the table of contents and maybe read a little bit of it, and, and hopefully they enjoy the message enough to want to purchase the book. Uh, now, of course, the the message has to um, to be congruent with the title, and so the, the title, The Go-Giver, sort of does spell out exactly, uh, in a sense, what it does, what what's going to happen in the book, in the story. Mm-hmm.
2: And and so is it another way of saying? I mean, you we're talking about giving back and being a, you know an asset to others. And and uh, it, you know, is it another ways of saying just just be nice? You know, don't think of yourself first, and it'll all come back to you. That sounds kind of law of attractionist
0: to me. Um, well, let me let me kind of uh, explore another part of that first. Uh, it's really not about giving back at all. Uh, okay. Giving back is is something that in today 's vernacular is sort of looked at and utilized in a way to say that that somebody you know has has built a business and they 've achieved some success so they 're going to give back you know through charity or or something like that well you know i 've got to respectfully take issue with the term because mm. it's it 's really not giving back it's it 's giving. Which is always a wonderful thing. I hope people do that all the time. But to say giving back means you first took something from someone. Mm-hmm. And if you have built a business with a, with a prosperity mindset, with an abundance mentality, the only way you are able to make that money in the first place is by providing value that other people wanted that would benefit them and were willing to pay for. So they voluntarily exchange their money for your product or service. So unless you used force or coercion to receive that money, there there's nothing you're giving back to. You know because you didn't take first. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: it's a <laughs> and, limiting term. Really. Yeah,
0: and I know it. And, and you know people will say, "Oh, Bob, you know what we mean." Yeah, I do, and, and I do know what people mean. And but I, I but it's not a term that I, I I think the term itself when we say it. It, in our in our minds, what we're saying is the person really didn't earn that wealth. They they took something from society, so their conscience is kicking in and they're giving back. But I don't think it's true. I think they're giving because it's something that's congruent with their value system. But they're certainly not giving back to anybody. Um, so, but what is The Go-Giver about, then? And let's talk about the, the nice guy thing you were you were just asking about. First, you know, the premise of the book, and again, it's a story, it's a, a parable, or a business fable, as it's called, although it was based on many things that actually happened, the story itself is a work of fiction co-authored with uh, John David Mann, a wonderful, wonderful uh, storyteller. I'm, I'm much more of a how-to person. John's a great storyteller. Uh, the premise is simply this, Marla. It's that shifting one's Focus, and that's the key, focus, shifting one's focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving, we mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And that doing that is not only a a nice way to live life, it's a very financially profitable way as well. Now, one could say, but isn't that naive? You know, isn't it a bit unrealistic to believe that in today's day of self-absorption and corporate scandals and dog-eat-dog competition that one can actually give their way to success? And, and that was Joe's first question. Joe was the protagonist in the, 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 the book, and it's the first question he asks his new mentor, a very wise and successful man uh, by the name of Pindar, uh, you know, in the... Uh, in other words, in the real world, <laughs> right? Not, not the world we wish it would be or should be or perhaps even could be, but in the actual real world in which we live, isn't that just naive? And what yeah. Joe came to realize is that not only is it not naive, it's actually quite practical. I mean, when you think about it critically... Um, when you can shift your focus off of yourself and and put it onto to others, how to best serve others, how to best provide value to others, how to make others' lives better, easier, more fulfilling, what what have you, um, people feel good about you, and people are going to be attracted to you, and people are going to want to involve themselves in your life. They're probably want to going to provide value to you, and you know we call the people with this kind of mindset go givers and they tend to be the most successful people in all areas of life, not just financially uh, success is also you know success is certainly financial but it's also physical mental emotional social you know uh mental and and so forth so but in this case we're we're talking financial but it it does it it brings it back to your excellent question and that is well is are you just saying that nice guys, nice gals, nice people finish first, and the answer is. No, that's not what we're saying. Now, don't get me wrong. Being nice is a good thing. Being nice is also, by the way, very helpful. It's easier to be successful when you're nice, you know, genuinely kind to others because, obviously, people are going to have much more of a a desire to to be involved uh, with you in a business relationship. But uh, we also know that being nice in and of itself isn't enough, and I can say that with confidence because you and I and all of your listeners, we all know plenty of people we would describe as, as being simply nice people who we would also have to describe as being simply broke people. Mm-hmm. So while being nice again is helpful and it's a great thing, in and of itself, it's certainly not enough to make one successful. So it's not really just nice people finish first. Now, to, to, to be successful, success is also a matter of doing the correct things in the success process that allows a person to be successful and finish first, if you will. And the five laws that John and I provide in the book are simply meant to share those principles, that if someone will follow them, uh, all five of them in conjunction, not, not just one of them or two or even three or four of them, but all five of them, they must be successful in what they are looking to achieve.
2: And and we're going to go over those laws. I'd like to back up just a second, Bob, to the to the being nice thing because I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and and sometimes I find that people find a hard time creating boundaries around being nice, and and that they're too nice, and that they give too much to the exclusion of thinking of themselves, thinking that that's that's selfish, and and so they don't focus on their business enough, they don't focus on self care enough. How, uh, you know how does one create healthy boundaries around that?
0: Oh, what a wonderful question. And being nice, by the way, should being, being a go giver should never be confused with being taken advantage of, with being anybody's doormat, with being a martyr or being self-sacrificial in any way. Uh, I, I always say that if you're, if you're nice and being taken advantage of, it's not because you're nice. It's because you allow yourself to be taken advantage of.
2: Mm-hmm. And so, we need to be very, very aware of that by how much we're giving and kind of you know, keeping, keeping an eye on that. We have just a few seconds until break, and so um, I'd like to let our listeners know that you can go to Bob's website at www.berg.com that's b-u-r-g and when you get there you can actually download chapter one from his international bestseller the go-giver and there are a lot of uh, value-added resources there as well so head on over there during break at www.berg.com and then come on back here after you download that chapter chapter and thank you for joining us today we'll be going into break coming back in just a few minutes with author bob berg
1: the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. information about book publishing is power the power to change your authoring life And the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Riles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. We'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Riles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles, Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to The Million Dollar Mindset.
2: we're here today to learn how to be a go-giver our guest international best-selling author and speaker bob berg has built his business and shows others how to build theirs based on one overriding foundational principle and that is all things being equal people will do business with and refer business to those people they know like and trust so bob it's about being a go-giver, not being overly nice, but being likable and, and really wanting to help others. Is that right?
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, and I, I'm not sure overly nice. It depends how you would define overly nice. Uh, in other words, I don't see nice and weakness as being the same thing. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can be very, very nice. There's no reason not to be. It's not like You have to put a limit on niceness, but that doesn't mean you, you would put yourself in a position to be taken advantage of. Let me, let me right. give you an example, if I may. Okay. Somebody asks you to do something that you really don't want to do. They let's just use a very generic example. They want you to serve on a committee, okay? And and you just don't want to. I don't know why. That's you know, it's up to you. It's it either it's just not something you want to do. You don't feel you're gonna have the time or energy or whatever. And the person asks you, and, and too often. You know, when when having to say no, and we do, we should say no. You know, some people think, well, you know, a, a nice person or a go giver, you know, would, would just say yes to everything. Absolutely not. That's that's do. Yeah. That, that's ridiculous. It's not even. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not even impossible. in in the the yeah. realm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so. But there's also a way to say no in such a way that you can do it with with kindness and with tact. And at the same time, you honor your own boundaries. Now, I have heard people say in seminars, well, you know what? You can just tell people, no, I choose not to do it. And, you know, that's fine. And everybody nods their head all empowered and everything. But really, is that what you're going to do when someone asks you to do something you don't want to do? Are you really going to just insultingly say no? Uh, which probably goes against your values uh, and, and also uh, on a practical basis closes the door to, you know, to other things that might come up that you want to do with that person. So there's actually there's a way to say no that, that again, honors your values and at the same time uh, lets the person feel good about themselves. So, so they ask, ask you to do this thing, this serve on a committee, and there's a temptation to give an excuse to say something like, oh well, again, I, I would but I, I don't have time. Now, the challenge with doing that is that first of all, you're kind of fibbing to yourself because it's not that you don't have time, it's that you don't value the time it would take to serve on this committee as much as you value your time doing things not serving on the committee, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. So, so it, you know, it's, if you wanted to do it, you'd, you'd have the time, you'd find the time. And so what happens is not only do you kind of feel like you've lied to yourself a little bit, but this person is going to probably answer the objection because they're used to that objection, people telling them they don't have time. And when they show you beyond a shadow of a doubt that time is not an issue, then you've got either one of two choices, either to kind of admit that you are fibbing, which is going to, you know, make you feel badly about yourself and cause them to not respect you, or you're going to have to, in order to save face, agree to do the thing you don't want to do, which, again, you're going to just resent. So instead, when they ask you to do the thing to serve on the committee, you simply say, oh, thank you so much. Um, While it's not something I choose to do, please know um, how grateful I am to be asked, or please know how honored I am to be asked. And that's it. Okay? So you can use some different words depending on how you do it. You might just say, oh, thank that you so much. an area
2: because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you
0: so much. While it's, while it's not really something I'd like to do, uh, please know I'm honored to be asked. And that's it. That's all you say. And now, if they try to kind of guilt you into it or they try to, you know, oh, come on, but it won't take long or we really need you, all you do is, is unemotionally, other than with kindness, but unemotionally and non-defensively, you just say, oh, thank you, I'd rather not, though." But thank you so much. Boom, that's it. Do that a couple times and that person from then on will know. They can always ask you you, because you're always going to be nice about it. But that when you say no, it's no and that's it. And that's what I mean. And see, that's how you can do it. That's not being overly nice, but it's being very nice. And there's no reason not to be. The key is that we don't confuse being nice with, with giving in to what other people want.
2: And being taken advantage of. And being
0: of. taken advantage of, yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great scenario you've described. Thanks so much. I think it'll be helpful to a lot of people.
0: Thank you. Um,
2: because I think some, some people think they don't have the time to be nice, and that's, uh, that can be confusing. So no, thanks for We
0: always want to be tactful and kind yeah. and honor the other person, while at the same time we honor our boundaries. And, and, yeah. And, and so there's, there's no dichotomy between the two, and that's the key. Yeah,
2: Exactly. So, Bob, in your book, you talk about the five laws of stratospheric success. Tell me, tell me what that means.
0: Well, the laws themselves—they, uh, uh, you know—again, are, are very holistic, and it's—it's it's, um, well, the laws themselves are actually laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity, and they all—they they begin with a again a focus on on. Uh, on the other person, it's moving from what we call an eye focus or a me focus or an eye orientation or a me orientation, and having an other orientation. Uh, let's take, for for instance, the law of value. And by the way, if I if I'm talking while a commercial break's about to come, just just stop me, please.
2: I will. I'll jump in.
0: <laughs> okay, because I can't hear any music or anything going to the thing. So if, so please please feel free to just just jump in. Um, the law of value says that your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, these laws, remember, are mostly counterintuitive. So when you first hear something like that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Your true worth is determined by how much more how much more you give in value than you take in payment. That sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. So what we need to understand is simply the difference between price and and value. See, price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's fine. <coughs> excuse me, it's finite. It is what it is. Value on the other hand is the relative worth or desirability of a thing to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea that brings with it so much worth that someone will willingly exchange their money for it? And be glad that they did while you make a, a very healthy profit. And, and let me just provide an example. Uh, you, you hire an accountant to do your tax return. And she charges you, we'll just name a round figure, a thousand dollars. Uh, that's her, her fee or her price, a thousand dollars. But what value does she give you in exchange? Well first, she saves you five thousand dollars. She saves you 20 hours of work, and she provides you with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So we see right here that value can be both concrete in terms of the $5,000 savings and conceptual in terms of the peace of mind, which is probably worth even more to you than the money. And so what she did is she gave you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a $1,000 price. So she gave you more in value than what she took in payment. So you're ecstatic about it. And she made a very, very healthy profit, which she should. And that's the kind of Uh, relationship we want to have with anyone with whom we do business, Marla. We want to give them such a tremendous, exceptional, huge buying experience that they are just ecstatic about it, and we make a very healthy profit, and this comes from focus. See, if our our focus is on ourselves and on the paycheck and on the commission check or just in getting their money, that person's going to know it and they're going to be more resistant to us. They're going to be more reluctant, certainly, to buy from us because they know we don't have their best interest at heart. If, however, our focus is on them, on solving their problem, providing them with the solution that's going to add value to them, they're going to be a lot more interested. They're going to feel good about us. They're going to trust us. They're going to respect our judgment, and the exchange will take place. And this is why we say that money is simply an echo of value it's the thunder to values lightning which means that the value comes first and the money is simply a direct and very natural result of the value that's been provided
2: i like that money is an echo to value am i quoting you right
0: yeah money is an echo of value it's the thunder to values lightning
2: I love that. I love that, and I think that can start right on your webpage, right? I mean, how many times do you go to a website and it's all about it's all about the the practitioner or the vendor, mm-hmm. and not about the end user, not about the person who's reading it? You exactly. lose them right there. So
0: it starts at every point, at every well, at every touch point. <laughs> it starts. Yeah. You're you're absolutely correct.
2: Yeah. Okay. So so how do you know? How do you know, as, as a practitioner, as, well, for you, you're a speaker and you're an author, so you've got your book out there selling by the you know hundreds of thousands, and you've got people applauding you when you're on stage. But how does a, a, a practitioner or a small business owner really know that they're providing that much value? Where's that feedback coming from? What are the signs that they're succeeding
0: there? Oh, well, the feedback is from the money that they're, that they're bringing in. And it's from the referrals that they're they're receiving. It's from the repeat, you know, business that they're doing. So there's all sorts of uh, there's all sorts of very tangible measurement. If if money is an echo of value, then by the fact that you're providing value, uh, that means money is is the result.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty clear. Wonderful. Okay, we've got about a minute until our next break. What is the next law? of stratospheric success.
0: Well, the next law is the law of compensation. And this says that your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives we touch with the exceptional value we provide, the more money with which we'll be rewarded so it's not just a matter of providing that great value it's also a matter of outreach of touching as many people's lives as possible with that value That's impact Mm
2: -hmm. of going bigger like like doing this podcast for instance Mm -hmm. Neither of us are getting paid to do this but we choose to do it because we want to help others to succeed and so we're reaching more than just the individual client that we might work with is that an example
0: (sighs) Uh, actually, I would say it's more the, the, you know, your income isn't just determined by how many people you reach. It's how many people you're able to add that value to that you're getting Mm -hmm. paid for. So it would be more that now the, the people by doing a podcast, the chances are you're going to get more clients.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. And here we go into that next break and we'll be right back here with Bob Burke in just a couple of minutes.
1: The secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka, and we'll be right back after these. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath Friday afternoons at 4 3 Central on TogiNet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune into TogiNet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on TogiNet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on TogiNet.com. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A. Your host, Barbara Allison. Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of zero and six are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is Starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Tokenet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka.
2: If you've been putting off a difficult conversation, stop and think how much that avoidance may be costing you in your business. I have some strategies for you to consider to get right back on track and make that conversation not so difficult. So make sure you check out today's article over at Inc. That's Inc.com. Slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka, and uh, figure out how you can stop avoiding those tough conversations and just plunge right in. We're here today with international best-selling author and speaker Bob Berg, and we are taking a look at the five laws of stratospheric success. We've been talking about the law of compensation, Bob. Thanks for being here with us today. My pleasure.
0: It's great to be with you, Marla
2: thank you so so i got it now it's it's not just about the reach it's about the compensation you're receiving and about that value and how happy people are basically to, to, uh, to pay you because they receive such incredible value.
0: Sure. Well, you know, it's like our accountant, uh, in that yeah. first example and, and who did such a great job in, in giving more in value than, than she took in payment while of course still making a profit. So the chances are great that you're very happy with her. You would do business with her again and you'd refer her to others. And, and many of her other clients of course feel the same way. So I'll accountant is very quickly amassing what we call an army of personal Walking ambassadors, and as she continues to add that kind of exceptional value to the lives of more and more people, her income will continue to grow and grow in the uh, in the book the go giver the one of the mentors, uh, Nicole Martin, uh, who we call the CEO she told Joe that the first law, the law of value is that represents your potential income, but you know it 's not enough to just provide that great value to one person. Law number two the number of people whose lives you touch with that value, in other words, the number of clients <laughs> that yeah. equals your actual income. And and that's really what it's about. It's, it's it's understanding that the value is hugely important. That's the foundational building block, but we've also got to be able to to touch a lot of lives with that value, those people who are doing business with us.
2: Mhm. And so that takes us to the third law. What do we have there?
0: Yeah, that's the uh, the law of influence. And the law of influence says that your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, again, this sounds counterintuitive and, and perhaps counterproductive at best and maybe even downright Pollyanna-ish <laughs> at worst. And yet every top leader, great influencer, and hugely successful salesperson and entrepreneur, this is how they run their lives and their business. They Again, they move from an eye focus to an other focus. Now, again, and I, I, I mentioned this earlier, but this is so important to understand within this, this context, that, that when we say place other people's interests first, we're not suggesting to be a doormat, to be a martyr, or to be self-sacrificial in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's simply that, as as uh, two of the other mentors, uh, Ernesto and, and Sam, told Joe, the protege, the, the, the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster more powerful or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by by shifting that focus, by take, sort of stepping outside of yourself and saying, how can I provide value to this other person? How can I make their lives better easier, richer, more fulfilling, what problems can I solve, so forth and so on, depending upon what your, your asset of value is. And the people who do this, who understand this, who can, and, and, and I love this term from um, uh, Thomas Powers, uh, who, who wrote the book Networking for Life, he says it's the, it's the willing suspension of self-interest. Now, not the foregoing of self-interest. As human beings, we are self-interested creatures, and thank goodness we are. Uh, That's how we continue to survive and and create and and advance. Um, But we need to be able to suspend that self-interest. And focus on bringing value to others. And the people who do this and do this consistently, they're the people who who plant these seeds of goodwill, of great will, who develop these know, like, and trust relationships, who who bring value to others, who who give not to get but simply to give, not as a strategy, but as a way of life because they enjoy bringing value to others. But they know that when they do this consistently, they are going to receive much. Why? Well, it's not because of some far-out woo-woo type of reason. It's very practical. Uh, When you bring value to others, others are attracted to you. Others want to be a part of your life. The key is to be able to, to provide this value to others. Um, without emotional attachment to the results. Now, um, often people will say, well, without expecting anything in return. And I, I know what they're saying, but I think what they really mean is without attachment, because why wouldn't we expect good things to happen? You know, I think we should yeah. go with total positive expectations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it means that we're not attached to the results coming from any one person or any one thing. But instead, we understand that as we create this benevolent context for success, great things are going to happen.
2: So Bob, paint a picture for us at, at this, this basic level. We're going to a life networking event. We walk into a room and there are 50 total strangers in this room. How do we, how do we find an opportunity to provide value and, mm-hmm. and to give and to, to partake in the willing suspension of self-interest?
0: Sure, that, that's a wonderful question. Well, first thing, you know, when you see someone standing at the hors d'oeuvres table and somebody that looks like you'd want to meet them. Uh, by, by the way, let's start off before. Don't try to meet all 50 people and and certainly, you know, uh, keep the business cards in your purse. Don't don't even worry yeah. about it. Just What you're going to do is you're going to meet a few people. You're going to meet and, and get into a conversation with maybe a few people. It might be three or four or five or two of them, but what have you. But what you do is you look for people that you know, look like the kind of people you'd like to meet for whatever reason. And you see one of them standing there by the hors the d'oeuvres table. So walk over and, and just introduce yourself politely. And, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so. And, and this person says, oh, hi, I'm – you know, uh, Joan Davis or, or whatever, and you just say, well, what do you do, Joan, or what line of work are you in? Well, you know, those are very proper questions in a networking function. And Joan says, well, I sell uh, copying machines to uh, to businesses who need uh, help with their office product equipment and so forth. Well, what do you do? Now, when you tell her, don't just throw your elevator speech away. Don't Don't even worry about it because right now she doesn't care. Yes, I so agree. Yeah. Kill the elevator speech. It, exactly. <laughs> she, you know, there's a time and place for everything. Now isn't the time. Uh, uh, just, just say what you do. Well, I'm in this so-and-so business. That's it. Because now, what you're going to do is you're going to ask her questions about herself. But they're not going to be salesy questions. They're not going to be with an agenda. They're not going to be. No, you're going to ask what I call feel-good questions. And feel-good questions are simply questions that are meant to make this other person feel good about herself about the conversation about you uh they're non-salesy they're non-intrusive they're not invasive so uh, you might say uh and I have several of these questions. You, you never have time to ask more than just a couple, but if you'll start out with these next two and then the one key question, you'll be amazed not only by how much value you can add to somebody in, in a few minutes, but in how they will appreciate it and want to know more about you. The first question I'd ask her is, is uh, Joan, how did, how did you get started selling copying machines? Or how did you get your start in the office products business? Now, this is a question It's not particularly clever or slick. In fact, it's pretty mundane, actually. But people love to answer that question. You're probably the one person they've ever met who's actually asked them to tell you their story, who's ever asked you to share your story. How many people do that? You know, none.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's fun. It's fun right. to take and that she walk loves back. That.
0: Exactly. So that right there kind of gives her a hint that you're someone a little bit different than everyone else who's just wanting to push their product or service on her. Uh, the next question I would ask is sort of a follow-up to that, and that would be, uh, what do you enjoy most about what you do? It might now as a follow-up, it might be, wow, you must have had some fascinating experiences over the years. What do you enjoy most about what You do. Now, this flies in the face of so much traditional sales teaching where we're taught to immediately you know, find their pain, right? You know, reach into their heart and tear it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. But that does no good at all. I mean, there's there, the rapport hasn't been, you know, the relationship hasn't been established yet. You, why would you want to associate yourself in pain, in, you know, in that person's mind? So no, these are simply questions. These are feel-good questions, and, and she feels good and feels good about you. Now, you've been speaking for a few minutes. You asked a couple of those really nice questions. Here's what I call the one, Key question that will separate you from the rest, and that would be Joan, tell me how can I know if somebody i 'm speaking with would be a good prospect for you? Okay. See when you ask this, this is the ultimate communication of my goal is to provide value to you, you Got know. It. My interest is is helping you in your life, in your business. Now, if she's not in sales, by the way, specifically, she's the CEO of the company. Maybe she's in the engineering department. Maybe she's in the bookkeeping department. I don't know. But the question might be, how can I know if somebody I'm talking to is someone you'd like to meet? Or how can I know if somebody I'm speaking with would be a good connection for you? You know, Anything that communicates to this person that you're looking to make their life better. You know, so so that's how, that's how right away. Now you know, of course, this is just one part of the full system, but but that's one way you can right from the beginning provide value to another person.
2: And then, how often do you find yourself, Bob, actually going back and thinking, Oh yeah, I met Joan, the copy sales uh, person, copier salesperson, and I do have someone for her. <laughs>
0: Oh, sure. Absolutely. When you're really looking to do something, that's why you want to get that person's card at the yeah. end and that, that you're actually going to follow up with that person with a personalized handwritten note that simply says, oh. thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you at the chamber event or wherever it was. If I can ever refer business your way, I certainly will. You're not going to include your card, but, but the, the note card that you send does have your your address on it. So this person is going to know who you are and, and remember you certainly from that. They're also going to think very highly highly of you it's another piece of value you're also when you see something whether it's in the newspaper or online or something that you think would be of interest to this person you can send it to them but the biggest thing is just as you said when you come across someone that might be a good prospect for this person or just someone that might be good for this person to meet make the introduction and and and, you know the key is that you want to consistently provide value to that person's life
2: all right here we go we'll be back in our final segment just a moment
1: Unlocking the secrets in you To create a happier, more balanced life Through abundant thinking and attraction power It's the Million Dollar Mindset With Marlon Tabaka And we'll be right back after these Get ready to live la bella vita With Dawn Catherine On toginet.com Live la bella vita Check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com to the Travel Chick Show with Bonnie Kitohata. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Bonnie will share with you an hour of travel ideas, experiences, adventures, and tips from her guests. Topics range from local day trips to international excursions. From organized, professional vacations to spur-of-the-moment getaways. For fun or business, groups or solo by bus, car, plane, train, boat, bike, hike, or horse. You'll also hear about travel-related subjects like cultures, travel photography, keepsakes and more. Whether you love to travel yourself or you enjoy seeing the world vicariously through others, join us and enjoy travel stories from around the U.S. and around the world. For more information on The Travel Chick Show, check out Bonnie's website, thetravelchick.com. Then join us for the show, The Travel Chick Show, live Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Bonnie Kitohara, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Tokenet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka.
2: And we're here with international best-selling author Bob Berg. And Bob, we have... Uh, what? Two more laws of stratosphere of success to discuss in this final segment, so we better get going. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, the, the fourth law is the law of authenticity, and this, this one simply says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And in the story, um, Deborah Davenport learned a very important lesson, and that is all the skills in the world, the uh, sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and, and they are, of course, important very, very important. They're all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. Um, when you do, people take to you. They're attracted to you. They respect you. They like you. They, when you show up the same way as your true authentic self, day after day, after week, after week, after week, after month, after month, there's that comfort that people feel. They know they're dealing with the real you on the other hand when you know when, when they sense and i think people are a lot better these days they're they're much more sophisticated and they can kind of sense when someone's not really being themselves but is is being more of a I guess the, the the correct Latin term would be phonus bolonus. Uh you know, they're 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 not gonna have the same kind of regard or respect uh for that person. And I think a lot of times the reason why people don't show up as themselves, they're not operating from their core Sense of authenticity isn 't because they mean to be phony or they mean to to uh, fool people. I mean there were certainly those types of people, and, and some are pretty good at it you know but but, but that, that those aren 't the people i 'm really referring to um, I think there 's a lot of people who really just don 't understand that they have so much value to offer they don 't understand that they are enough um, we, I, I believe people have two types of value. Uh, I, there's there's intrinsic value just by virtue of being born, but there's also market value. And when I say that, I'm simply talking about those unique strengths we bring to the marketplace. We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. Uh, but a lot of times, we're very aware of our weaknesses, but we're not so aware of our strengths, at least not the strengths that separate us and, and, and provide value. Why? Well, because we're so Used to ourselves, uh, we may be very talented and, and had a natural talent for something, or perhaps we have, you know, put on that that uh, ten thousand hours of deliberate practice that Gladwell talks about in, in Outliers and and uh, Colvin talks about in Talent Is Overrated. But whatever the case, it's now so much a part of us that we don't really recognize how great that talent is or how great those gifts are. You know, I know that you mentor a lot of women uh, and and coach a lot of women. And and you may have had this experience that I've had when mentoring people where, you know. they'll say something just extraordinary and i'll say wow that is brilliant that's remarkable and they'll say oh no no everyone knows that yeah it's just common sense <laughs> right but because it is to them but it isn't to others I said, no not everybody knows that you know that or you do that you know and I think something, and I think that's why it's so important having someone like you as a as a coach. I think there's times, Marla, that we just need to have someone there who's not us. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone to see it from another perspective. Exactly,
0: yeah. exactly, yeah. and so. Unlike Deborah in The Go-Giver, who learned it sort of at the last minute she came to understand what her her value is, there's no reason that we need to do that. We should either, through exploring ourselves, through reading, through having a coach like you, through whatever it takes, we need to really understand the significant value that we bring to the marketplace, and that's what we're going to focus on. So that's really that's what being authentic really is. It's operating from a true authentic core, understanding what our core strengths really are.
2: I love that. It's important to do those self reviews from time to time to mm-hmm. so look at the achievements, look at the understandings you have, look at the wisdom and life experiences you exactly. have that you can share with others in that authentic mm-hmm. way. Yeah, very good. All right, and that takes us to law number five.
0: Right, and and that's the law of receptivity. Mm-hmm. And this is so important. You know, the, 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 the law itself says the key to effective giving is to stay open. To receiving, At near the end of the story, Pindar, the main mentor, asks Joe, the protege, to breathe out and hold that count, uh, hold that breath, that outgoing breath, to the count of thirty. Well, Joe tries, but but can't do it. And he says to Pindar, "You know, <laughs> yeah, I've got to breathe out, no, I've got to breathe in rather, not just breathe out." Well, that's the whole point. Exactly, we breathe out and we breathe in. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe in oxygen. It's natural. Uh, we breathe out, which is giving breathe in, which is receiving. And the lesson is, giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin, and they work in tandem. And to focus on j- just one side of the equation while trying to minimize the other, it's really an exercise in futility. But what it really comes down to is this. All the giving in the world, and when again, when we say giving, we mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. All the giving in the world is terrific, but it's all for naught if we're not willing to allow ourselves to receive in like manner. Measure. So the key isn't are we a giver or a receiver? No, we're both. The key is focus. We focus on the giving part, we focus on providing value to others, we focus on the giving and we allow the receiving.
2: Do you find, Bob, that a, a lot of people are not even aware that they're not allowing the receiving?
0: The trouble is is that they're not aware. And, and I think that's a wonderful, wonderful question. Uh, uh, it, it's obvious why you're a great coach. You know the, the right questions. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> Thank that is you. so very true. You. And, you know, you've certainly coached people where this has been the case. See, yes. many times, you know, as human beings, we have a very unhealthy relationship with money. And the, and not only do we have this unhealthy relationship, which is bad enough, but what's really insidious is that we don't even know we have this bad relationship with right. money. It's unconscious. It's that 99% below the tip of the iceberg. And why do we have this? Well, the, the world has given us these, you know, everything from, in, in many cases, from uh, upbringing, environment, schooling, uh, th- news television shows, movies, where we get so many messages of lack, lack, lack. And, again, it's unconscious. It's in the movies we watch and the news that we read and in the discussions we have. It's when you're a little kid and someone says, when you, wanna, when you grow up, do you want to be wealthy or happy? <laughs> And so, when you base, like Ayn Rand used to say, you mm-hmm. know, uh, when based when when there's a false premise, e- even the greatest of logic can never result in a correct conclusion. Why should it be wealthy or happy? How about both? Right. Yeah. And you know, and of course, you teach that, and that's that's your area of expertise. But that's really the thing. And so, yes, there's a there's a. a there's a really tough thing there in which we first need to understand uh that that it's unconscious so we need to bring this into the conscious and then only then can we deal with it
2: and so and so if someone is struggling financially obviously they're struggling with other things more than likely uh, they they would take a look at their ability to receive. And and do you have an exercise or something that really helps people to to comprehend that?
0: Well, you know, if somebody is going to increase their receptivity muscles, it's just like lifting weights or anything else. Yeah. You start small and you build in your small successes. So it means that you know when you see a penny on the ground or a nickel on the ground, pick it up. Just get used yeah. to it. Uh, you know, I mean, put it in the charity box at your house if that's what you want to do. It's not that you you pick it up because you need the the penny, but you're getting used to when you there's money there to to receiving it, to getting it, receiving it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's when somebody compliments you instead of saying, "Oh no, no," just saying, yeah. "Oh, just thank say, you." say thank you. Yeah. And you know, it's it's allowing someone to pick up the check. It's it's allowing those little things. It's it's to to you know decide that you're a a receptivity machine. You know, yeah. and and re- yeah. you know, there's a friend of mine, Randy Gage, who who writes Randy Gage Gage's Prosperity Blog. He's, he's been uh, I read on the every- shows
2: a couple times. Huh? You've been on this show a couple of times. You're in good company.
0: Yeah, and I uh, thank you. And I read it all the time. Why? Because I want to keep flexing my receptivity, my prosperity muscles. And so we need to keep reading that and, and keep listening to that and doing those things that's going to keep feeding prosperity into our minds.
2: Mm -hmm. So, Bob, we're at the end of the show. This has just been so wonderfully informative and helpful. I thank thank you you for being here. I'm wondering if we can kind of sum this up in a final thought. What's what's the one thing that people should remember to be extraordinarily successful?
0: uh i think it's understanding that in a free market based economy where no one is forced to buy from you it's understanding that they're going to buy only because they see that there is value to it Mm -hmm. and that they're going to buy out of their own self-interest and that that's great that's wonderful because the person who can fulfill that other person's needs wants or desires that's the person who is going to reap the rewards
2: Yeah, that's very important. Fabulous. And you can be found at Berg, dot com. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners about uh, checking you out in social media or anything like sure. that? Sure. Well,
0: on that homepage at Berg.com, they can connect with me on all the various social media. They can subscribe to my blog if they'd like. And they can also download the first chapter of The Go Giver, as you mentioned before, to see if they like the part, the start of the story. And then they can choose whether or not they They'd like to purchase it.
2: Fabulous. Well, let me know if you ever have a speaking gig in the Chicagoland uh, area. I'd love to, to meet you in person, Bob.
0: Well, thank you. It would be my pleasure. And I, I love the Chicagoland area, and I expect to be there certainly in 2013
2: woo Fabulous. i look forward to that, Bob. Thanks for joining us, and make sure to tune in next week. Our fabulous uh, team at TogiNet is taking a little break for a couple of weeks, so we'll be running some encore episodes of The Million Dollar Mindset for you. And uh, please do check those out, but I'll be live with Inc., as always, every single Monday. So, inc.com slash author slash Marla-Tabaka Hyphen is where you'll find me there. I look forward to speaking to you each and every Monday. If you have someone that you think would make a fabulous guest on The Million Dollar Mindset, or if you would be a fabulous guest, please contact me at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com or if there are show topics, something that you want to learn more about or someone uh, that you just admire like another Bob Berg, if there is another Bob Berg out there, please let me know and I'll see what I can do about getting them onto the show. Have a fabulous holiday, everyone. I'll see you live in three weeks from now. Bye-bye.